Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. Glad you've taken time to join us here on Texas Ag Today. A lot of great news coming up today to talk about. Of course, we're going to talk about the weather. We've been talking about that a lot here lately, but it's still affecting agriculture all over Texas. The weather has been good for some crops that are growing. However, it is causing planting and harvest delays here in our state. And it's easy to think that with all the rain we've had, the drought is gone in Texas, but that is definitely not the case. There are some areas out in West Texas that just did not get much of anything, and they're still struggling. We'll talk more about that coming up. Plus, we'll take a look at cotton planting progress and wheat harvest progress. My name's Kerry Martin, and I'm part of the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the rocky ranges of the Transpecos, and from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. The importance of shade in the summertime in yards and landscapes across Texas. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have those details on Texas Ag Today. Nothing's ever totally perfect, but it seems our weather in the Texas High Plains has been good for area corn. I'm James Hunt, and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. We'll have those stories, plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. With all of the widespread rain we've had across Texas, it's easy to think the drought is now over. But that's not the case in some areas of West Texas. Jessica Domel tells us there are still a few very dry spots in the state. While recent rains have been mostly beneficial, there are parts of the state that have missed out on the much-needed precipitation. According to the Texas Water Development Board, a quarter of the state is still under a moderate or worse classification of drought. That's about 2.2 million people living in areas hit by drought, according to the U.S. Drought Monitor. About 5% of the state, which includes an area west of Lubbock and far west Texas, are experiencing an exceptional drought. The news isn't all bad, though. As I mentioned, recent rains have been mostly beneficial. Drought has been on the decline in Texas for six consecutive weeks now, falling by about 50 percentage points in that time frame. The Water Development Board reports we're at the lowest area of the state under drought since July of 2020. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. The rain has definitely caused a delay in the Texas wheat harvest. Darby Campsey with the Texas Wheat Producers Association takes a look at the pace of the 2021 harvest. So we are currently at 18% harvested. Um, in a typical year, we'd be at about 24%. And last year, we were actually at 31%. So harvest is progressing very slowly, and that's going to be due to the moisture. Um, even in places where the rain has let up a little bit, the high humidity is going to keep producers from getting out into the fields and getting a whole lot of harvesting done. Campsy says wheat producers in the central Texas Blacklands are dealing with sprouting problems since that wheat has been ready to harvest but has had to wait in the field for drier conditions. Triple-digit heat is hitting some parts of Texas this week and that shows the importance of shade in yards and landscapes. Tom Nicoletti talks with a San Angelo horticulturalist about that issue. 
We are less than two weeks away from the official start of summer across Texas and the nation. And to talk more about the importance of shade and what it can provide around landscapes and homes and businesses, we go to San Angelo Horticulture's John Begno. And John, thanks for being with us today. You're quite welcome, Tom. And thanks for talking about something that's very important in Texas summer. Shade in the form of trees and shrubs. Let's talk about trees and what the what the shade provides there and why it's obviously beneficial. That's our most important natural shade and those of us who live in the west like San Angelo for instance know the great importance of trees. They're very important in all parts of the state as a matter of fact especially in your home landscape. Let's just think of how hot a summer day and a patio fully exposed to the sun are going to be. Temperatures are measured in the shade but when sun hits objects like buildings and slabs it can get in excess of 120 125 especially out west and shade can cool those areas down so taking care of those trees is of the utmost importance if you have trees that are kind of fading because of of the freeze and we saw Arizona ash trees for instance damaged all the way through Texas because of extreme cold weather you may be in a situation where you'll enjoy those that you can phase them out and be considering planting new trees for shade in the fall keeping them healthy is also very very important you know we don't always think of the middle of summer as the best time to plant trees but you plan for planting now and the kinds of trees are very important for your location so to to answer it broadly there are always four or five or six trees that are really good for larger specimen shade situations in your landscape, in your county, in your town, in your county extension offices usually have a list in your local nurseries that will provide that information. Quickly, John, let's talk about uh, shrubs providing uh, shade along uh, the walls of uh, exterior uh, homes and buildings. That's an area that many landscapers forget about. You just think of how hot west walls are during the summertime. Deciduous plants, those that lose their leaves in the wintertime, allow the walls to be warmed up in the wintertime by the sunlight that penetrates, but be shaded by the leaves during the summertime, and they're great examples. And crepe myrtles are one of those that we see used a lot on west exposures. But you know the further you get west, the more damaging the leaves get from that reflective heat. So when you choose shrubs for walls like that, remember reflective heat can be a limiting factor. That is San Angelo horticulturist John Begno. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The unusual weather in the panhandle is giving a big boost to corn in that part of the state. James Hunt tells why from Amarillo. In recent weeks, our conditions around the area have largely been on the cool and damp side. And David Gibson of Texas Corn Producers says that's been good for getting the corn season started. But with the Texas High Plains now transitioning to a period of sunny and very hot days, Gibson says this is a change that can also be beneficial. I think it would be good to get some of those heat units as long as we don't have a high wind. But if we get those heat units with the soil having moisture in it, I'd expect those plants to really take off and and do some growing. As far as from the corn perspective right now, it'd it'd probably be a benefit to actually get some warmer weather and uh, let stuff really take off and hopefully go to shooting roots down and establishing good root system. So although some farmers did take a hit from hail, it sounds like our area corn season is off to a good start overall. And beyond the weather, something else that's been good for local corn farmers is the recovery corn prices have seen in recent days. 
With the December corn futures contract having once again topped $6 a bushel, it's at a level Gibson says puts local growers in a strong position. If they get the crop made, this is one that should cover the expenses and maybe make up for some of the losses we've incurred with the cheaper prices the last couple of years. I know from talking with a lot of growers, a lot of this crop has been contracted or hedged in some manner. They've kind of taken advantage of this run-up just to cover their cost. And Gibson says covering their cost has become more of an issue because, as we've been reporting, area farmers are also experiencing a hike in production expenses, especially for fertilizer and fuel. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Central Texas Blacklands corn and grain sorghum are looking good from multiple rain events recently. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. A Texas man is being recognized for his contributions to the wildlife community. I'm Jessica Domel, and I'll have the story coming up on Texas Ag Today. We'll have those stories, plus some advice on colostrum replacers from Dr. Bob Judd, coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Texas Farm Bureau Insurance has protected fellow Texans with auto, home, health, and life insurance since 1952. With more than 260,000 square miles of land and 27 million people, that's a lot to cover. Whether you're wrangling cattle or wrangling kids, we're proud to protect Texans in all Texan ways of life. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to get insurance for Texans by Texans. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Corn and milo in the central Texas blacklands is looking good thanks to all the recent rain. Tom Nicoletti has more. We go to central Texas now and Dr. Shane McClellan joins us as uh, he gives us an update on the crop and livestock uh, condition here uh, at the uh, beginning of June and the Shane, certainly uh, the rainfall in late May has helped uh, farmers and ranchers in uh, your region of the state. Yes, it has, Tom. It reminds us of of 2019 when we couldn't get in the wheat field to harvest wheat our oats, and we couldn't get in the the pastures to harvest our, our hay crop. Just a lot of rain, more than normal, very wet for this time of year. Most of our ag producers would really like a, a two-week window just to get some weed out and then to cut hay and allow it to dry properly so we can bail it and have it available for, for hay for later on in the year. Aside from uh, the delayed harvest of those crops, uh, how do the uh, row crops look uh, around the central Texas uh, Blacklands region? Really good for some, not as good for others. Corn, grain sorghum. Uh, enjoying this weather. It's almost like we're in the Midwest. We've got high temperatures in the 80s, and then we've had so much moisture kind of spread out over time. And most of these rainfall events haven't been really big rainfall events to the point of doing a lot of damage, but they have been big as far as providing us plenty of of slow soaking rain. Uh, Corn looks really good, uh, ahead of schedule, honestly. We do need some dry weather when corn is hitting pollination. And right now, we've got a lot of tassels coming out on corn. We'll be entering that pollination stage here in a couple of days. Really need dry weather for pollination to occur in grain sorghum. Cotton could really use a lot of sunshine. 
Uh, a lot of our cotton had to be replanted. And uh, as that plant was growing, it doesn't like really wet going conditions. We do need some dry weather. We've been getting some sun and wind, and that's really helping the soil dry out. So uh, conditions are good. Nobody's really in panic mode as far as ag producers. Uh, they're still optimistic that we're going to get some dry, a window of dry weather in here to, to get some things done that we need to. What about reports from producers regarding insect pressures at this time here in early June? Really surprising with the, the conditions we've had that we haven't had some insect pressure that we typically would. Uh, have heard of some disease instances, a uh, little bit of rust in corn, which is something that we typically don't see just because we normally have a drier growing climate. Uh, not a big problem, but producers are paying attention to it to see if they need to kind of manage that a little different than they, they typically would. From a livestock standpoint, how are the cattle uh, faring on uh, grazing those uh, green pastures? Pastures look good. Uh, the best they've looked in probably two years. Ample forage. Uh, a lot of our cool season annuals are drying down. And then all of our warm season grasses are finally responding to moisture and to some sunlight. Uh, Bermuda grass or native pastures are all looking really good. Ample grazing right now. And if we can continue to carry this weather a little bit further into the summer months, it would be even better. We are afraid that when it does turn off hot and dry, that of course, uh, Rain just won't come for a couple of months, and then we'll be in a dry position. But right now, things look really good. Certainly, of course, uh, the next uh, three months will tell the story as to uh, crop production and uh, how farmers will uh, and ranchers will fare by the end of the season. Really will. And we all, always joke about it being dust or mud here in Central Texas. Uh, right now, we're over in the mud, and uh, it's, it's a good thing. All right, Shane, thank you very much. Thank you, Tom. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. There are times when you need colostrum for a newborn calf and it isn't available. Thankfully, we have colostrum replacers. But are they as good as real colostrum? Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd takes a look. Dr. Sandra Godden from the University of Minnesota indicates at Bovine Veterinarian that prepackaged milk replacers are an easy method to quickly feed colostrum to a newborn calf. However, there are some negative aspects of using prepackaged colostrum supplements. The prepackaged colostrum supplements are very convenient, so it is quicker to get colostrum in the calf. Sometimes collecting colostrum from the cow in a clean, hygienic fashion is time-consuming. Also, the maternal colostrum can vary in quality and quantity, while the prepackaged colostrum is a consistent product. There is a concern with the cleanliness of colostrum from the cow, and although heat treating is recommended, it is not available for all producers and does take additional time. Also, you must make sure the temperature and time are correct on the pasteurizer to make sure disease-producing organisms are killed and yet antibodies are not destroyed. On the other hand, there are some drawbacks in feeding pre-packaged colostrum, and one of these is the volume being fed. With colostrum from the cow, calves get three to four liters of fluid, which adds warmth and fluid volume to the calf, helping with hydration. When you are feeding a concentrated pre-packaged colostrum, calves usually get less fluid volume. Pre-packaged milk replacers are also more expensive, as many times these calves need two packages to get the correct number of immunoglobulins in the calf. So check out these pre-packaged colostrum replacements and make sure you are getting the product you desire. I'm veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd. You are listening to the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. A Texas man is being recognized for his contributions to the wildlife community. Jessica Domel has the details in today's Wildlife Report. 
a longtime supporter of Texas wildlife and conservation efforts, was honored over the weekend. Gary Joyner, former host of the Texas Wildlife Radio Show, was recognized by the Rolling Plains Bob White Brigade. Dr. Dale Rollins, member of the Brigade Committee, joins us with more. The Bob White Brigade is celebrating its 28th year this week. And each year we dedicate somebody, some volunteer, who we think is going above and beyond the call in their service to helping us teach youth to be better conservationists and better adults. I've known Gary since, I think, 1990, so approximately 30 years and worked with him in various capacities. And I've always appreciated Gary for his ability to be so warm and engaging, but so instructful to all of us, adults as well as kids. And so he teaches TV communication skills at Bob White Brigade. One of the things we harp on is leadership development and communication skills are a big part thereof. Gary has come over for the past 20 years and set up his TV camera and interviewed these kids, most of them 14, 15 years old, most of them their, their first TV interview ever, so they're very intimidated by the equipment and the whole process, and Gary makes them feel right at home. He meets them where they're at in a very non-threatening style and just does us a bang-up good job, and, and we just like to pat those kind of people on the back and say thank you. Well, we call them good dogs. We always like to think that we're hunting with good dogs, and Gary is certainly a good dog, and we uh, we celebrate not only his abilities, but his support from Texas Farm Bureau in making uh, our wildlife a very very much an awareness kind of thing for the people of Safe Texas. That was Dr. Dale Rollins. Joyner is currently the Director of Communications for Texas Farm Bureau. I'm Jessica Dolmel with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. So what happened in our agricultural markets on Tuesday? Jessica will be back with a complete look at the markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. As planting season begins across the country, the American Seed Trade Association reminds farmers to follow the basic steps for seed treatment stewardship. Follow directions on seed container labeling. Eliminate weeds in the field prior to planting. Minimize dust by using advanced seed flow lubricants. Be aware of honeybees and hives located near the field. Ensure that any spilled seeds are removed or covered by soil to protect wildlife and the environment. And remove all treated seed left in equipment. For more information, visit seed-treatment-guide.com or contact your seed dealer. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. Live cattle futures traded lower for much of the day Tuesday. Live cattle for June down 60 cents to 116.22. Live cattle for August down 30 cents at 117.77. Live cattle for October down 35 cents to 123.70. Feeder cattle traded lower Tuesday due to increases in the wheat market earlier in the day and mixed trading but mostly higher in the corn markets. Feeder cattle for August up 27 cents to 150.20. Feeder cattle for September down 12 cents to 152.62. Now let's check the livestock auctions. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. Kenny Mingus had a great sale at Milam County Livestock Auction. Cameron had that sale on Friday. Kenny... How'd that thing look to you? We had a total of 877 cattle. We had 180 cows, 29 bulls, 
129 sellers and 64 buyers. Well, Kenny, let's walk those pins. And on the steers under 300, a dollar fifty to 205. Three to 400 pound steers, 133 to 20250. Four to 500 pound steers, 117 to 189. And over 500, a dollar to dollar 75. On the heifers under 300, 141 to 205. Three to 400 pound heifers, 120 to 163. Four to 500 pound heifers, a dollar to dollar 55. And over 585 to dollar 50. On a Packer cow, 45 to 84. Packer bulls, 78 to 104 and a half. On your bread cows, 470 to 1050. And on the pears, from 670 to 1500. What do you anticipate counting this next Friday? I've got a couple of sets of cows, set of horned Hereford cows, about 40 of those. Be some pears on them and heavy breads. All one brand, bred back to Hereford bulls. Be early summer calvers and could put a Brammer bull back on them or a Hereford bull. And got a set of Brangus, Angus plus type heifers coming, about 35 of those. That'll be bred to Corrienti Bulls, heavy bread. Got one guy that called with some yearlings already. So we got a little bit of stuff shaking around if it'll let us get to it. All righty. Well, tell everybody how to get a hold of you, Kenny Mingus. You bet. We'll be around the, around the office this week on Monday through Wednesday from about 9 to 3 at 254 697 6697. Follow us on our webpage at milamcountylifestockauction.com or catch us on Facebook. We appreciate you and we'll talk with you later in the week. Hey, thank you, Larry. Have a great day. Texas farming and ranching neighbors, y'all have a great day too. I'm Larry Marble from Walking the Pins. Tight supplies and tensions at a Smithfield plant in Sioux Falls pushed lean hog prices higher. Lean hogs for June up 40 cents Tuesday to 119.90. Lean hogs for July up $1.50 to 122.10. Class 3 milk for June down 18 cents to 17.13 a hundredweight. Class 3 milk for July down 22 cents to 17.64 a hundredweight. Cotton for July down 144 points to 84.36. Cotton for October up 33 points to 86.26. Corn for September was up 14 and a half to 6.21. Corn for December was up 11 and a quarter to 6.02 and three quarters. Hard red wheat for July down six and a half to six thirty. Hard red wheat for September down five and three quarters to six thirty eight. Over at the financial markets, the Dow was up six points to thirty four thousand six hundred and thirty six. The S and P five hundred was up four points to four thousand two hundred and thirty, and the Nasdaq was up fifty one points at thirteen thousand nine hundred and thirty three. Well, that wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. Remember, we'll be right here next time to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. I'm Jessica Domel. Hope to see you then. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.